There are three big problems with used vehicle appraisals. One, manually sifting through comp vehicles. Two, old book values and ghost comps. Three, no recon visibility. You can solve them all with AutoVision, launching in the Reynolds & Reynolds booth at NADA. Learn more at reyrey.com slash used dash cars. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot -E com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, inventory recently hit a three-year high. Now analysts expect it to keep growing through 2024. We have the first report of a Detroit 3 automaker cutting temp jobs after last year's record UAW contracts. And one auto giant is in and another is out for Super Bowl advertising. Plus, for VIA CEO, Patrick Kohler joins the show to talk about the supplier's strategy to improve the passenger experience without driving up costs. We have to be very careful to offer the consumers vehicles which are nice, attractive, and affordable. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. New vehicle inventory levels in the U.S. will continue to reach post-pandemic highs this year. That's according to a 2024 outlook from the data analytics firm Cloud Theory. The firm says easing supply-side constraints could push average monthly new vehicle counts to 3 million. Rick Wainshall is vice president of data and analytics at Cloud Theory. He expects inventory numbers will fall short of pre-pandemic levels because of sustained financial challenges at Tier 2 and Tier 3 suppliers. So there are still disruptions that are occurring in the supply chain. They're less prominent, but they're still there, and there are some parts that will just not be available. U.S. new vehicle inventories have been on the rise. Cox Automotive says they reached a three-year high of 2.7 million last month. Canadian supplier Martin Rea International has closed an Ontario plant in the wake of Stellantis' decision to discontinue four vehicles. Martin Rea confirmed to our sibling publication, Automotive News Canada, that it has closed Martin Rea Fabco Metallic in Dresden. That's about 190 miles southwest of Toronto. The plant is located about halfway between the vehicle plants it supplied, a Jeep factory in Michigan and the Brampton assembly plant in Ontario. Martin Reyes says the Dresden factory didn't have enough work left when Solantis wrapped up production of the outgoing Jeep Grand Cherokee in Detroit and ended output of the Chrysler 300, Dodge Charger, and Dodge Challenger in Brampton in December. Meanwhile, Stellantis has told 539 temp workers in the U.S. that they are no longer needed. The cutback comes several months after the UAW reached new labor agreements with the Detroit Three. The record contracts increase pay for temporary workers while giving them an easier path to full-time status. This is the first publicly disclosed reduction in temps at any of the automakers since then. It's the latest of many cost-cutting moves at Stellantis. The automaker has announced plans to cut some production shifts, eliminate positions, and offer voluntary buyouts. 
It has also cut marketing spending by pulling out of many major auto shows and will not advertise during this year's Super Bowl. And Stellantis isn't the only automaker sitting out the big game this year. Toyota has been a regular Super Bowl advertiser, but it says it won't run an ad for the second straight year. The decision to stay on the sidelines is a bit of a surprise. Late last year, the automaker struck an expensive new deal to be the NFL's automotive sponsor. That standing gives Toyota the right to use the NFL trademarks in marketing. In a statement, Toyota suggests it would use those rights for experiential marketing on the ground here in Las Vegas, where the game will be held on February 11th. But there's at least one automaker that wants to get back in the action. Volkswagen says it will run a Super Bowl ad for the first time in a decade. VW is marking 75 years of U.S. sales in 2024 and has plans for a year-long campaign that celebrates the brand's key products and milestones. Kia is also planning to advertise in the Super Bowl for the third year straight. And those are today's headlines. Jamie Stellantis cut 539 temp workers. In the record UAW contracts, pay was increased for temporary workers. Is this backlash from the contracts? Does Stellantis not need the temp workers because they can't afford them? What are your thoughts? I mean, you're not wrong. Temp workers getting a lot more expensive for the Detroit Three. But, you know, I mean, that's the deal with being temporary workers. Uh, The automakers hire them to use them when they need them. But when they don't need them, they can get rid of them. And that's what they're doing. You You see Stellantis cutting back. Like we said, they're the only company whose sales were down in the U.S. last year. So they just don't need as many people. And the temps are always the first to go. Gotcha. Coming up. Jamie caught up with Forvia CEO Patrick Kohler during CES last week. We'll hear that conversation next on Daily Drive. Daily Drive is kicking off the new year by reviving an old name in a new format. We're bringing back a weekend drive edition of Daily Drive. Jamie and I will go deeper into the biggest automotive stories of the week. Every weekend, you'll hear fresh insights, analysis, and what has me running hot, if not overheated. To think that's going to get done in a year, a little over a year, is um, foolishly optimistic. That's that's a little dark, but let's shift (laughs) to something a little more positive. You'll also hear from our experts in the newsroom here at Automotive News about the latest industry trends and topics. EV sales are not declining. That's the narrative we're kind of seeing outside of the industry. They aren't declining, but the pace of growth definitely has slowed. Come back this weekend for our Weekend Drive edition of Daily Drive. And of course, tune in every weekday for all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Data is the backbone of your used vehicle department. You need it to find accurate comp sets and to best understand your market in order to make precise appraisal and pricing decisions. But it feels like you're always struggling to get the information you need. How much time do you spend sifting through comps because there are outliers that don't match the vehicle you're appraising? Do you frequently make manual adjustments to pricing recommendations? Reynolds' newest inventory management solution, AutoVision, can help. A.J. McGowan, president and founder of AutoVision, explains how. If you look at the way that cars are traditionally priced, you know, you can get down to specifics in terms of, you know, what zip code is it in and, you know, what options does it have on it? You know, some of those sorts of things. Um, But the thing that's never really taken into account um, is, you know, that dealer's, you know, specific view of the market. 
our goal with AutoVision was to use, you know, technology that's available now to do real-time processing, which allows dealers to really set the their view of the market into AutoVision. And then we use our tools to analyze the data that's there and show them this is what this vehicle is worth to you. AutoVision can help you run your used vehicle department with precise comp sets, real-time inventory data, and reconditioning insights. Visit reyrey.com slash used dash cars to find out more. That's reyrey.com slash used dash cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Yesterday on the show, we heard from Bosch North America's Paul Thomas about the difficult tightrope suppliers are walking as manufacturers rethink their electrification strategies. French parts supplier Forvia is also trying to pull off another tricky balancing act. It wants to offer automakers a range of new electrification products that will help the industry meet its climate targets, but it also needs to keep costs down so electric vehicle prices remain accessible to the average consumer. I spoke with Forvia CEO Patrick Kohler about his strategy and AI's role in it at CES in Las Vegas. Patrick Kohler, welcome back to Daily Drive. So great to have you again. Thank you. You know, we don't often do daily drive interviews in a car. Of course, this one would not be anybody's daily driver yet. Tell me what this vehicle is and and what it's about. What we are trying to do here is to uh, showcase greener interior, Mm -hmm. uh, affordable. Really? Yeah. It's so exquisite, but you're saying the components are affordable. I do believe that um, the inflation we have to deal with, which is related to uh, electrification as such, that uh, we have to be very careful to offer the consumers vehicles which are nice, attractive and affordable. What we are concentrated on, and this is you know, the, the motto of uh, this year, um, is scope-free, designed for scope-free. So the materials usually when they are recycled or when they are biosourced are more expensive. So what we need to do now is to, through the architecture, Um, to win weight, to reduce the number of components, to improve the um, uh, manufacturing processes in order to uh, compensate and go one one step ahead to uh, offer uh, cheaper solutions. Hmm. The second thing, sorry, is that you have to feel at home. (laughs) So um, we are going uh, step by step to uh, more more autonomy Mm -hmm. uh, and so we will do other things in the vehicle. Yeah. And, um, and, and we need to have an environment which is relaxing, yeah. which is less complex. And this is uh, possible through uh, uh, the use of artificial intelligence more and more. You mentioned affordability. I know you said recently you know, mobility is a human right. And it does seem like, at least in America, I'm not as sure about Europe, but it seems like a lot of consumers are getting priced out of the market. In EVs are even more expensive, but even the, the gas-burning vehicles are... You know, near record high prices. I think that we, we have to rethink the segmentation. Um, we need to have um, entry vehicles which are nice enough when they are electric uh, with a limited autonomy of uh, 200, 300 miles, not more than that, and which uh, are you know at, uh, at a cost level uh, people will be able to afford. The other possibility also is to extend the life cycle of the vehicle, mm-hmm. yeah, which is now today possible through um, predictive maintenance, for example, and we have diagnostic tools for this, through uh, upgrades, 
uh, over the air for the electronics, mm -hmm. but not only. And you've seen um, our seats are modulars, so we can also do uh, uh, physical uh, upgrades. And this will extend the value of the vehicle. And then if you do an, an leasing or if you do a loan on it, uh, it is more affordable. So how does artificial intelligence's role, how does artificial intelligence work as a tool to keep costs down and, and make the business sustainable? So you have different dimensions uh, in, in which we are using artificial intelligence and Gen AI. First of all, in the design phase. So the, the life cycle, the full life cycle of uh, the products we are, we are developing. I do believe that um, the saving we uh, can do, or we will have to do, is very significant. I estimate them between 40 to 50% of the actual costs. Really? Yeah. Like not even as a percentage of, of revenue, actual R&D spend, um, we should be able, so I don't know if finally it will be 40, 41, 42, but the magnitude is this mm -hmm. one. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And you also understand that considering this magnitude, it's a fantastic opportunity, but it's also a threat. So if we don't do that, and if others do it, um, <laughs> yeah. we uh, will be pushed uh, out of, uh, of the game. So this is R&D. The other one is uh, manufacturing. So here again, um, uh, we will have to reduce our costs, increase the robustness, reduce the viability uh, through uh, artificial intelligence. And I, you know, I think that the value of a company uh, in the future will be also uh, based on the data they, uh, they own. And they, co and they collect and generate. How should engineers think about working with AI and using it as a tool to increase their productivity and uh, you know, their viability as employees? I think that um, I, I, I will give you an example uh, maybe to illustrate that. We spend on RFQs, on requests for quotations, mm -hmm. about uh, 120 million, okay? And it costs on a yearly basis. And, uh, and it takes about in average two weeks to make an offer. Mm -hmm. With um, artificial intelligence, I do believe that we will be able to make an offer in less than three days. That's a significant time savings. Yeah. And on the top of that, with a much better robustness, yeah? and take the specifications. You know, we have a, a, a huge amount of specs to consider for the automotive industry in the different markets. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of time for our people to uh, read them and to check out uh, uh, where the differences are. With Gen AI, uh, you, uh, you can do this uh, in minutes. Yeah. Yeah? And not only the, the, the wording differences will be highlighted, but the sense, you know, wh what has really changed. And, and you will be able to compare that with uh, other specs. Yeah? Right. And you will be able in real time to achieve an assessment of what it will cost. Uh, and what will be the saving if you would do it differently. From my point of view, this is uh, the big transformation. We will have two very significant transformations still in front of us. It's uh, uh, scope-free, sustainability, mm -hmm. new materials, new designs, new architectures, and um, all um, what um, will be made possible with uh, artificial intelligence. There are so many fascinating technologies in here. Do you have a, a favorite one, or is there one you like to show me or show, highlight to our audience? So, where we have to be a little bit careful uh, as, um, as engineers is to make sure that what we are offering is creating value for the consumer. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah? So you know, the, this front part is interesting because it gives you an information while you do not have to be distracted from the road. Mm -hmm. And this is replacing an head-up display. And a head-up display has a significant cost and is also, from a packaging point of view, an, uh, an challenge. Yeah? And so here you can play with it uh, on the full scope. You have the e-mirrors, and, um, and the e-mirrors will, will increase you know, the safety um, and uh, will warn you much better about uh, possible uh, dangers uh, on the road. And I think that this is... Um, very important for the future also. After that you have you know, all the entertainment. You need to offer to the people high quality uh, possibilities to spend their time the way they want in, uh, in the vehicle. And you've seen you know, all the materials here are um, green materials. We have reduced in this interior the CO2 by 85%. Congratulations. That's a lot. So shifting to a little more pragmatic matters. Um, it is a new year. Last year was, a, I think, a, a little more uh, production, obviously better chip supply for the global automakers and, and their supplier partners. What's your outlook for this year in terms of volume and profitability, the overall health of the industry, and I guess of, of Forvia for that matter? I think that um, we, we might keep the volumes we had in 2023 in 2024. Mm -hmm. I don't see you know, a significant uh, upside. These volumes will have a, a slightly different split. I think stable volumes in North America, yeah. probably a little bit less volumes in Europe, okay. and a little bit more volumes in Asia, and especially in, in China, so this will uh, balance uh, the global volumes. On the supply side, we have to be a little bit careful on how we are dealing with uh, uh, inventories for electronic components. Mm. Yeah. We are all working to try to reduce these inventories. We have to make sure that um, we are not going too far yeah? and, um, and that we will not, through a um, reaction um, ordering more, block again um, the, um, uh, the system. After that, we have to consider you know, the geopolitics. Yeah. Yeah? We, had, uh, we had a lot of uh, uh, bad surprises in um, 2023. This said, I think that we have to be able to deal simultaneously with crises and transformations. So we need to have an agile and resilient uh, organization capable to deal in real time with crisis. Mm -hmm. yeah? And in the same time, because we have much more uh, signs of what is happening on the transformation, it's not happening over overnight, uh, here we have also to deal with it on, on the midterm. Yeah. Yeah, and this is not so easy for the team. They have to understand that they have to balance the appropriate way their time between short-term and mid-term. Okay, well thank you so thank much you. for your time. It's been a, a joy to see uh, your Horizon car and, uh, and to see you again this uh, new year. Thank you very much. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own George Wycamp, Vince Bond Jr., Jack Walsworth, and John Irwin for their reporting for today's podcast. We also had reporting from Greg Layson and EJ Schultz from our sibling publications, Automotive News Canada and Ad Age. You can get the latest news on suppliers, manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for an interview with Bill Pinnell, 
Vice President and Head of Automotive Software Product Management at Qualcomm. If we take a step back, what do we really mean by software-defined vehicle? For me, it's what it says on the words, right? You define what you're going to do in the vehicle by software that you want to run in the vehicle in the future. This isn't just about startup production. This is something that you want to support for 7, 10 years going forward. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.